Xavier Smith, DJ Golat, and Dejon Warren all show out at the HBCU Combine, but how were they selecting the players who were invited? I want to look at these three players and also the selection process. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey's over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives which you can find right here at the bottom of the screen i'm getting better and better with the pointing i miss the days when i used to mess up with the pointing and then i had to correct it because i've just been so flawless lately so pat myself on the back real quick but Let's talk about the HBCU Combine and going into the HBCU Legacy Bowl. See, there were some players who were not selected to the Combine, though they are invited to the Legacy Bowl. We're going to talk about how the selection process went for those players. But then also we're going to talk about Dejon Warren and why I believe he'll be the biggest riser on the defensive side. But we're going to start with two players, both offensive, who I believe stole the show on Monday. And I'm talking about Xavier Smith and DJ Golat. Both offensive guys. I wanted to get a defender in here, but hey, they're sharing the shine while Dejon Warren is going to have a segment all by himself. So I think that defenders are more than represented on this show. So let's talk about Xavier Smith because he was a player who I said we need to watch going into the combine and going into the Legacy Bowl, but more specifically the combine because I already knew what I was getting from him on the field. I already knew what I was getting from him when he's lined up out wide or in the slot or basically when the helmets were on and were playing football. But I wanted to see what he was going to test like, not because I had doubts about what his speed was, but because I believe with the 5'9 height, with the 170 pounds, it was my belief that Xavier Smith was going to have to come out and at least put up the numbers that reflect what his speed looks like on the field. That's all it was. It was confirmation. This wasn't a surprise. For some people, you go out there and you run a 4-4, people are like, oh, I didn't know you had 4-4 speed. For Xavier Smith, it was just about confirming everything that people seen on film as far as his explosiveness. And I thought that he did that. And it was one of the things that he wanted to do. It was actually a mission that he wanted to accomplish. It was an objective of his to go out and show that he could run, comma, and run routes. Both of those things were done. Both of those things were th things I thought we knew. I thought that was pretty understood, but you want to come out and you want to prove it. Everybody says the cliche of, I want to show I could play at the highest level and all of those things. But I really did feel like the 4-4 speed, the, I think people even thought it was a 4-3 on certain watches. I don't know if we have official numbers. I didn't see any, but I did see a bunch of unofficial numbers for a couple of players. And he had an unofficial 4-3. I heard he get corrected to a 4-4. So I'm assuming there are some official numbers. I just haven't been able to get a hold of them yet. As I'm recording this late Monday night, early 
Tuesday morning. But he did the job. Now, outside of just showing what he could be on the field, there's also another part of the combine, and that's the interview process. That's the process of talking to these teams. Now, I knew he was going to ace that because every time I see Xavier Smith, he seems like a charming, charismatic kid. Can I really call these people kids? Like, he got out of high school two years after me. But everybody that I listen to on TV, everybody you hear on TV, they're like 40 years old, so they keep calling these college students kids. But they're darn near my peers. Can I really say call them kids? I don't know. I don't think so. But am I going to stop calling them kids? Probably not. Anywho, with Xavier Smith, he always seems charming and charismatic. But you know what? I could be wrong. Maybe I'm not the greatest judge of character. But then I see everybody who talks to Xavier Smith talk about Xavier Smith. And they all seem to come away impressed with him and say, this is a good guy. This is a good kid. Oh, we like him. So I have no doubt that he's going to really interview well. And I think I heard that his interviews went pretty well. So that's no surprise to me. He's aced both of these. He showed he could run, showed he could run routes, showed he had good hands, showed that what we saw on film was going to be replicated in shorts and a T-shirt. And then most importantly, probably for him, he interviewed well. All of those boxes were checked. So now you go to the offensive guy, the CIAA person, maybe somebody who wasn't needing just confirmation, somebody who probably needed to showcase a little bit more. And that's DJ Golat, simply because he's a he's a CIAA player. He's a one year player. You know, he transferred over from Morgan State to Bowie State. He doesn't have the multiple years that Xavier Smith has. So he needs a little bit more than just saying, you see me on film. But when he comes out there, he's been credited as the best mechanics, the best ball placement of all the quarterbacks there. He has really good size. He comes in at 6'1", 221. That's just natural. Good size. Nice for somebody who's going to pass and run the ball. You're not short, stocky. You're good size. You feel like you can take a hit. Those are things that you want. I don't know what's going to be the next step for him. I don't. Because you haven't heard a lot of buzz, and it's the quarterback position. You heard a lot of buzz for Aquil Glass, right? And once Aquil Glass doesn't get drafted and we don't see him at a at a training camp outside of that time he spent with the Bucks, and I don't think it was too long, you start looking at Glass as kind of the bar. And you got to do more than Glass. You got to be, you know, all of these things. But I do believe that Golak could go to an XFL, USFL, something like that, especially the USFL who's going to have their draft, I believe, in February. The XFL has already started, but I think the USFL is going to have a draft in February. I could see him competing that. He looked good. I saw in the the uh, NFL Network coverage of it, I only was able to see one throw of his, and it was a really good out route. And out routes aren't the easiest throw to make. It's not the most complicated route to run, but by far it's not the easiest throw to make. One second. Excuse me. Had to sneeze real quick. But... DJ Golat had a good day. He was credited as best mechanics, best um, ball placement. I seen the ball placement on an out route, good size. You're loving all of those things, and now it's just about capitalizing. It's about once the pads come on, showing you have all of that. But then one thing I did want to point out that he really did have was they said he had command. All right, you need that as a quarterback. You're going to need to be able to command a huddle, be able to command a team. But then also he had poise. And the reason poise is important, not because it's a high pressure position, which it is, but not because of that reason. 
The reason his poise was important is because these type of events are meant to build stress on you. The people running these events want to stress you out. So if you can showcase some poise, thumbs up, that's something they're going to like. That's something that you did well. And that's a non-football trait that is going to come into play into your football evaluation. Thumbs up DJ Golat and also thumbs up Xavier Smith. But there's another guy who did pretty well. I'm talking about Dejon Warren, but it's more than just the combine. When I'm looking at his future throughout the week and heading into the Legacy Bowl, I think that Dejon Warren could be the biggest riser on the defensive side. Am I jumping to conclusions? You'll let me know as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, I want to tell you guys about the Swiss Army Knife of Protein Bars. Y'all know what it is by now. It is Built Bar. I think that Xavier Smith, DJ Golat, Xavier Smith, DJ Golat, and Dejon Warren all deserve a Built Bar because the, the HBCU Combine is hard work. Going out there running 40s, going out there running uh, uh, shuttles, out there jumping verticals and broads. You're going to need something to go ahead and get yourself back. Probably needed something going into it. Built Bar is good for both of that. Want a recovery? Want a prep? Want a snack? Just want something tasty? It's delicious. It's good for you. What box doesn't it check? Okay, sounds like you don't have an answer. We're gonna go ahead and roll with Built Bar Checks all the boxes. They have Built uh, built Crisp, they have the Built Puff, they have the Built Regular, they have the Built Granola. There have been so many varieties and so many different flavors, all delicious, all low in sugar, all low in fat, and all high in protein while still being topped with chocolate. Built is delicious. Just go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your offer, or go, or go to your local Walmart and Sam's Club if you just cannot wait. I'd understand. As we continue rolling with today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked on College Basketball. It's everything that you need around the sport in one place. So go ahead and check out my guy, Isaac. He's doing big things on the platform and you can get it wherever you listen to your podcast. And we're not yet done with our HBCU Combine talk. That's what we're talking about all day today, and we're going to move on to the lone defender that we're going to discuss, and that's Jackson State's Dijon Warren. And also, fam, use Xavier Smith. I know I've said that a multitude of times, but I do want to at least say his college the same way that I did with Golat and the same way that I'm doing now with Warren. But I'm talking about Jackson State's Dijon Warren because I don't know how I want to say this, guys, but I think he's going to be the biggest riser, but the reason I believe this is because there's a lot of love that comes from being at Jackson State. I've even seen some love for Dejon Warren himself. I don't want to make it seem like no one's ever discussed this guy. There's a lot of love and a lot of, uh, there's a big platform, I'll say, that comes from going to Jackson State. 100%, especially over the last couple of years. I'll, I'll give them that. But there's a certain shadow that comes with it, too. We're talking about the secondary. And I know that sounds crazy. The idea that your light can actually be dimmed by being at Jackson State is not many positions. I don't think this applies for Miller. I don't think it applied for Houston last year. We know that it doesn't apply for Shador Sanders. I said specifically the secondary. And that's because of a reason that I think is a problem in general, just everyday life. The fact that I think we struggle as people to give two people credit 
if they're too closely related. I see it in music. I see it in acting. And I don't know if it's if it's purposeful or if it's inadvertent, you know, but I feel like sometimes we either forget or downgrade somebody else in favor of another player, actor, musician, um, just person at a job. It's regular. We always the, the narrative, the discourse either circles around somebody or the credit goes to somebody. But it's rare that you see two people unless one is just overwhelmingly great and the other isn't that far behind. It's rare that that happens, but that's the only case, right? Like, I'm trying to think of two guys who are just great right now. I know I see it everywhere. T. Higgins is a great wide receiver. T. Higgins is phenomenal. And I think T. T Higgins gets a decent amount of credit talking about Cincinnati Bengals receiver, but he lines up on the other side of Jamar Chase. So it's like, ah, we're going to talk a lot about Chase. And that, that's kind of like how I mean it, where two players are good, but only one's going to be talked about that much. It's almost like we don't have the attention span to do that in any other or talk about two, two players who are that closely related. Matter of fact, I've seen it in Jackson State. I feel like Dallas Daniels doesn't get discussed as much because he's getting the ball thrown to him by Shador Sanders and we're going to credit Shador Sanders. And it's not a slight to any of the guys who get the credit. It's just the fact that, matter of fact, it's a slight to us as far as how we treat these things. But you know what? Maybe I'm going on a tangent. Let's not go that far. Let's just talk about Dejon Warren himself. They call him Nugget, right? So let's talk about Nugget because the TV copy does not do defensive backs any kind of service, any kind of justice. doesn't do us any kind of justice. I, I can't really evaluate how the defensive backs look because I don't have the all 22, the sky high. I don't have the copy where I can see everybody. I, I just don't have, I haven't been privy to it. I haven't been able to check it out. And I'm going to get into my scouting a lot as far as the, you know, these prospects go as the off season continues. But as of right now, I haven't been able to see it. So I have to take the word of fans essentially in the word of my, my guys over there at draft HBCU, but people like nugget fans like nugget. They tell me, Oh, well, nugget has been good. He's been solid. I'll take your word for it but maybe that just comes at the fact that we don't get to hear about him much because we're going to be talking about Travis Hunter but see here's the thing when you have Travis Hunter and Shiloh and Nugget and and, 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 and guys in that secondary it's real easy to forget that Dijon came over as the number one Juco recruit it's easy to forget about that Especially after you get to college, you spend a couple of years at Jackson State. His Juco history kind of falls by the wayside. You don't really think about it. Um, every time I say wayside, I start thinking about when I was at TSU, man, that Walmart on wayside. Anyway, so I'm scatterbrained right now. It's, what time is it? It's 1 in the morning, I think. Yeah, it's 1.30 in the morning. Kind of scatterbrained at the moment, but it's okay. Anywho, when I'm talking about Warren, those kind of accolades fall by the wayside. I'm not talking about scouts not noticing him. Scouts are meant to find the tape and be able to look through the, the hype of everybody and be able to find this talent, right? And, and look at Keenan uh, Isaac, right? He was in a talented secondary. You're going to have people who just aren't discussed a lot. I don't feel like I hear Isaac talked about that much. Well, maybe that's because he's in there with Maddox. Maybe that's because he's in there with other talented players. It just I just think it happens. It's, you know, it's not a, I think I've proven my point. So let's just move on from there. I look at Warren and I look at the fact that he was the number one overall JUCO recruit. That's the type of pedigree that pops up in these type of events. That's the type of pedigree that shows in good fundamentals 
in good testing, right? He ran an unofficial 4.38, and then some people had him between like 4.38 and 4.48. So he ran a good 40. You see those type of things. Emory Hunt said, oh, yeah, that guy's looking good. That's not a surprise. I'm not shocked to see him get love, and I'll tell you the truth. I can't speak on his draft stock. I cannot speak on his draft stock because right now I view him as a UDFA. So if he's a UDFA, did this really boost his draft stock? I don't know. Could He could have went from a maybe UDFA to a for sure UDFA. But the only way to really know is if he goes to being a draftee. Or maybe he just doesn't get to UDFA status at all. I don't really know where his stock is right now. So I can't tell you if his draft stock is rising, but I will tell you that as far as word of mouth, as far as discussion, as far as people that are being clamored for being drafted or maybe being late round draft picks, I think that DeJon Warren will sneak into those conversations at the end of this week. That's a prediction. It's not anything that's happened. It's not anything that I'm basing it off of multiple days of action. Just the fact that I know his pedigree and the fact that I also know what kind of attention he's gotten from the first day. Now for days two through five, we'll see that as we continue covering this event on Locked on HBCU. But first, you know that we're going to have to talk about how these players got to the HBCU Combine. Not everybody at the Legacy Bowl is at the Combine. What made these guys different? What was the selection process? Well, luckily for us, Scott Pioli was on the scene commentating with Steve Weitz, and Pioli told us all about the selection process that he was a part of. We're going to talk about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. But first, let me tell you about our sponsors, LinkedIn. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn, and I just want to say this right here. Dejon Warren actually was ready to quit football before he got to Jackson State. I'm sure that he created himself a LinkedIn because you know what? If he ain't got football, got to go ahead and get a job. You probably or you maybe don't have football. And if you do have football, hit me up. I want to interview you. I'm just I'm just going to put it out there like that. Anyway, speaking of interviews, speaking of of LinkedIn, it all goes together. If you're a small business owner, what's the point in going through countless interviews with people who do not fit your mold, people who you just don't really want in the building? And you can tell that from the moment that they walk in. Here's a little secret. With LinkedIn, you don't have to let them walk in. Wow. I just cut off like 50% of your interviewing process. Instead, you get to be selective. Instead, you get to go through and you get to look at that person, that person, and that person. And then you realize that she's actually the woman that you need for the job. She's going to be the one who not only helps you reach your 2023 goals, but then also not only um, um, hit them, but pass them in going into 2024. Reach out to qualified candidates faster. There's over 800 million people on LinkedIn on a daily basis. So make sure you're checking them out and you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, shout out to all my segment three people because y'all get a double thank you from me, making us your first listen of the day every day, but then also making it all the way to the end. And now we're here to talk about the selection process because how did these players get here? Word to Deborah Cox, how did you get here? Now, these people are supposed to be here. I want to talk about the selection process because Scott Pioli, was a part of the broadcast with Steve White, who's just talking about 
the HBCU Combine as it's going on. I don't know if he'll actually be a part of the Legacy Bowl, but he was there for the Combine drills and all of those things in between. Pioli was also a part of the selection process. And let's go through why I believe that the selection process should stay the same for the foreseeable future. This is the exact process that we need when selecting these players. And I don't see any reason that you should change just to change it. So there's five people who made this decision. Doug Williams, Shaq Harris, Charles Bailey, Dickie Daniels, and then Scott Pioli. Scott Pioli is telling you about this process. He's one of the five. To me, that's a really good blend of HBCU and non-HBCU because I want to make sure that there's no sort of bias because you look at Shaq, you look at you look at uh, uh, Doug, they might have some grambling bias. They might have some swag bias. They might have a quarterback bias. There's a lot of things that, listen, the more minds you have in there, the less likely you're going to have bias. Like, for example, if I'm scouting Power 5 teams and Power 5 players, I'm going to bring in more SEC players because I like that brand of football. I have a bias towards SEC players when it comes to other Power 5 schools. But here's the thing. Everybody has a type. Fellas, this, this is directly for my fellas. Now, how many times, if you got a girlfriend, they'd be like, what's your type? There's only two answers to say to that that don't make you sound like an idiot. Either you, you say, you're my type, babe, or I don't have a type. She's going to call BS on both of those because A, saying she's your type, it's just not the answer she wants to hear. That doesn't, that, that's not juicy enough, right? It, it doesn't fit, right? Even if that could be the truth, she could perfectly fit within what your type is, but she wants you to describe it probably. Or you say you don't have a type and she's going to call BS on that. And we all say, BS, no, I don't have a type. I'm guilty of it too. I don't have a type. But the truth is, fellas, she's right. The only reason you might think you don't have a type is because you haven't had to be overly selective. Of course, you had to choose the women you approach. However, you'll realize you have a type when you have to bring a group of women together. And who did you pick? Who are the women that you picked? You have something that you gravitate towards. So yes, everybody has a type. I haven't had to select. So when I tell my girl that I don't have a type, I'm not lying. And you're probably not either. But that's what I mean. Doug Williams and Shaq Davis probably have a type. I wouldn't want just two people selecting this anyway. A nice group of five allows a bunch of different ideologies to get into the room, a lot of different types to be entered into the room. Because let's say I like six, four wide receivers. I like big wide receivers. Well, I'm not going to invite many small wide receivers to my HBCU combine. That's what I mean. You got to have different ideas in there. Because the same way that I think that Williams and Harris have a type, I'm sure that Pioli has a type. I'm sure that Daniels have a type. I'm sure that Bailey has a type. So the more minds get in there, the less we can have bias and the less uh, the less tied you are to the situation. So I thought that was good. Now, how else did they do it? They had names from schools. So I, I think you have to have the school's input. Right. So if I want a player from Fort Valley. Well, who does Fort Valley coaches think are worthy of being in this event? That's number one. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm telling me personally, I'm not going to waste my time with a player that coaches don't believe in, because if you're college coach doesn't believe in you what's going to make me believe in you so getting the input of the schools also important one thing they looked at all conference teams why wouldn't you want to bring the best of the best i understand that you have your favorites like there's there's players on my team everywhere that i think oh well i like that player that's one of my favorites might not even be one of the best but that's one of my favorites 
I ain't looking for your favorites. I'm looking for the best. I'm looking for the guys who are the best at their position in their conference. You only compete against who you compete against, but you need to be the best against who you compete with. Period. Why would I want to get the eighth best cornerback in the conference? No, I want the first or the second, third or the fourth. I want guys who made all conference teams. So I think that's a pretty good metric to go by. Now, one thing that I thought, oh, excuse me, I'm not done. They sent out a meme or a memo, not a meme. They sent out a meme memo. <laughs> they sent out a memo to all the GMs and personnel staff. They got reviews back from 26 of them. So that means a couple of teams did not participate is what it is. Are we shocked? 31 of them were actually present, but we're not shocked that only 26 sent back a list of players they would be interested in. They want to know, hey, GMs, what players would you want to see at this HBCU combine? Because once again, it's not just about your favorite. These are about HBCU prospects who can make it to the next level. We're looking at NFL prospects here. Your favorite player on whatever big school you love might not make it to the combine in Indianapolis. But that's because he's not looked at as a highly ranked prospect. You have to value what the NFL is looking at, what players they have their eyes on. You have to have your finger on the pulse of the NFL when doing things like this. Now, one thing I thought was interesting within that is that Pioli talked about his time at being a scout because all of these guys have been either scouts, former players, or somewhere in between both, right? Pioli said when he was a young scout back in the day, I think this was when Belichick was at Cleveland. So this is like way back in the day. The young guys, the young scouts, the newer scouts, they had to go earn their stripes scouting the HBCU, the FCS, the D2, D3 players. All the small schools, they got allocated the new scouts. But those scouts still brought information to the coach. We're talking about Mike Zimmer, who said he barely knew about HBCUs before Deion Sanders. That's the difference. Now, granted, he's a coach. He was a coach, I think, for like the last 10 years-ish, you know, head coach. Before that, he was a defensive coordinator. So maybe he didn't have the knowledge of the scouts bringing back the information. I don't know. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. But Pioli said back in the day, they actually allocated resources to these small schools. That's not the case anymore. See, now, while we all were already knew that, yeah, HBCUs probably aren't getting looked at, which is why we're not getting the actual looks that we desire. Maybe you didn't know why. And I thought that was enlightening because now I know that they're actually not giving the resources that they used to. The process, the ideology behind it all is different. So thank you, Scott Pioli, for that little bit of information. He said he, he, it doesn't make sense to him, but he does notice that the smaller schools, he lumped in all the smaller schools, so FCS down, they, they just don't have scouts coming to see them as much as they used to. So that's why we have events like the HBCU Combine, and that was the part that Steve Weiss added in. So you got to appreciate that. So that's what you're looking at. Who do the schools want? Are you making all conference teams? Have five guys in the building? And then also... Who was the NFL actually looking at as a legitimate prospect? They sent them a bunch of lists. I'm assuming they dwindled it down from probably over 100 to 47, I believe, was the end number. To 47 players. But there you have it. That's how these players were selected to getting into the HBCU combine. And three players who were amongst those selectees were Dejon Warren, Xavier Smith, and DJ Golat. And those three players, in my opinion, showed out. 
with Warren having the ability to be a big time riser as the week goes on and everybody else comes in for the Legacy Bowl. We're going to be covering this game as the week goes on and the CIAA tournament. Both of these you need to be looking out for. So look at it. Look out for it right here as you make us your first listen or watch of the day every day. And I appreciate it. Trust that. For your second listen, check out Locked On College Basketball, everything you need around the sport in one place. Isaac's doing a great job, so check him out wherever you listen to your podcast. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.